You're listening to Wake Up Tucson. This podcast is a Bustos Media production on The Voice. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. All right, let's do this thing. It's the Thursday show. It's hump day plus one. Good morning to you all listening on 10.30 a.m. The Voice, KVY.com, one of those devices that's listening to everything you say and then punching it into ads that follow you on your phone or other things later in the day. Brutal honesty. (laughs) Thank you, Ed. (laughs) Brutal honesty, sir. Yes. Yes. Uh, We got – we're going to – of course, cover University of Arizona basketball with the intern, and then, of course, preview this thing called a Super Bowl coming up uh, in Phoenix. And uh, and uh, I heard that the Suns were uh, they 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 were so they have a real owner now and whatever. And I and I, they made a big deal for Jimmy Durante or somebody today. Kevin Durant, that's right, not Jimmy. <laughs> and uh, I thought about it, and I still don't care. Uh, and then, um, so we'll do that. I'm still waiting with you with for Cedric Savalos <laughs> to I'm, make a comeback. I know he can do it. And he that 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 he wasn't really blindfolded. That he could see right through that thing when he dunked the ball. I'm just telling sure. you about it. Absolutely. But we, I do love the showmanship. So, uh, big holidays today. It's National Pizza Day today. Oh boy! Huge. Yeah. Huge. <laughs> Uh, it's uh, developed alternate vices day. Uh, it's chocolate day. All righty. And it's national cut the cord day. And there's one wakey that uh, I'll tell you off air, very close to the show. Who's who, who, who scheduled the tell Comcast to go to hell call for today, not knowing it was cut the cord day. So, <laughs> and then I, I told him. I in the think I know recently, who it is. Yes, and yes we, we've had some preliminary discussions <laughs> about that. So, yes. So, we got uh, veteran reporter Seymour Hirsch um, on his Substack has a story about who blew up the Nord Stream 2 pipeline. <laughs> Isn't that something? He did a do. You know, he did a. He did a Freudian slip during his speech where he talked about how he blew it up. I also remember, uh, remember, was it last year when he said, well, I mean, we're not sending tanks to uh, Ukraine. If we did, it'd be World War III. Oh, I'm sorry. There's our tanks in Ukraine. You know, he's got no filter. And so they, that's why they don't let him out to speak to him. That's why he's the perfect president for this media, right? Is that he comes out and says all these things. Yeah, we blew it up. All right. and no, And no one covers it. Let me tell you something. I'm serious. <laughs> um, we'll have fun with the uh, FBI warns against radical traditional Catholic ideology and leaked memo. This is the FBI. <laughs> We're going to talk about that. Uh, the guy who wrote the Rich Dad Poor Dad series, Robert Kiyosaki, uh, being canceled at AS, trying to get they're trying to cancel him at ASU last night. <laughs> you got that, uh, Donald Trump. Uh, his latest attack on DeSantis just shows why he should not be our presidential candidate. I'm, I'm just telling you. Uh, Faith Abercrombie does a story on Kagan 9 talking about when you have a city that doesn't have enough cops to take care of you, that's a 
TPD chief quote from yesterday's story from Val Cavazos, yes. that there's a human side to when your kid gets killed on the roads of Tucson and maybe they shouldn't have. So we'll talk about that. We have a fire breaks out at a community farm. And I just want to read through that a little bit. And then we'll talk about it and expound and we'll just wrap. We're just going to wrap. Um, is I would say right now is Chris Nanos's Pima County Sheriff's Department. Did it, is it taking faster than we thought for it to be a train wreck? I mean, I mean, he's making Dupnik's previous 17 that weren't too clean. Uh, if you remember uh, using Rico funds for little psycho fits to buy special long underwear that had to have the one that the bottom comes out. The trap door. The, the trap door. Yeah. So for, he for could gag dinner. So he could entertain Dupnik almost like a court jester. Yeah. Right? Yep. Uh, Nanos, uh, we're going to we're gonna have to count this up before the show's over. We're going to go through all this because we got another one now with we have a sergeant charged with depart in a depart during a department fraud investigation. So we got that going. For Correct. Us. Um, then we'll talk about the the legislators and the uh, uh, a- annual education limit expenditure thing. That if they don't pass it, then all the schools are screwed. We'll talk. We'll talk about that. Uh, and then of course, it's funny. Heller puts me uh, sends me a, a email exchange he's having with someone about this Arizona House bill that would ban the selling of kangaroo parts. So remember, work on the big things. Big then a we'll- little. Then we'll get there. Um, Brakey and the crews getting there. The uh, House Elections Committee passes the Bentoma ballot image bill out of committee. So we'll talk about that. Um, God bless. Um, another scientific review shows that the CDC grossly exaggerated the evidence supporting mask mandates. Uh, we have Representative uh, Republican uh, Mace. Uh, with the four fools from Twitter getting beat, beaten up in a uh, Senate committee. I don't know if you w- saw any of this. Where this is the one where Marjorie Taylor Greene went after them for your... Uh, I, I'm not... I mean, she's kind of a nut, right? But she did say, so you guys uh, banned me on Twitter, but you guys... So, but when... But you still let 44,000 uh, child pornography accounts exist... So you know she's I'm 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 taking stuff like the CDC's VARES, uh, the the incident uh, uh, report from their own page, and you're banning me for stuff like that. But so when Elon Musk came in, she said he had to he had to shut down forty four thousand child porn sites accounts. So it's okay to have the child porn, but Ta- Mar- Marjorie Taylor Greene, no matter what you think about how offensive she is, sometimes again free speech kids. Free speech. So we'll talk about that before. Community standards. <laughs> um, I do want to get to. Um, a, so I, I told you about um, there was a couple of ladies who were complaining about amplified noise from Rito racetrack. And this one lady's like, we couldn't even go out and play cards on our backyard because of the noise. Right now, again, again, Rito racetrack, 80 years. Just telling you that. Okay. It's like the people who buy a house, um, you know, around the 
let's call it Wilmot Craycroft Golf Links area, and goes, these U.S. Air Force planes are unacceptable. For the people since 2000 that bought houses south of Valencia in a thing called Valencia Reserve, complaining you know, oh, about the like airplanes? 2005. Oh, that's right. <laughs> There's airplanes here, and they're making noise. <laughs> And then really? It, and then they didn't even know there was going to be uh, giant uh, uh, hydrogen balloons being blown up near their now house. Now there, they've got a <laughs> they've got a legitimate complaint. <laughs> I pray, I pray, I pray to Jesus. There's some sort of connection between worldview and the Chinese balloon. I just just something I pray for every day. That would be amazing. That would be gold, gold, Jerry, gold. All right. So, listener Robert, he's listened for the year, the show for years, years. Um, hey, Chris, uh, this morning you mentioned a lady who uh, who bought a home from Rito who was unhappy with the noise from the track. Well, we've lived directly across River Road from the track and the clubhouse for the past 42 years. Our home looks down on River Road. If I'm on the patio, I can barely hear anything from the track. Inside the house, I hear nothing. When I'm walking out the dog down the street... I can occasionally hear amplified voices or a horse whinny. What little I can hear is drowned out by road noise coming from River Road. Um, in the past years, we could also hear the call to post, which hasn't been heard recently. So what do we hear at my uh, house? Um, road noise and loud music from ra- rare outdoor concerts. So anyway, and then he sent me a picture of from his back of his house. Um, how close he is kind of thing. So, you know, there's, trust me, there's people who complain about the music coming from uh, St. Philip's Plaza who live literally like four miles away. So anyway, let's get going and come back. Let's do it. Let's do a little, uh, state legislature stuff. We'll, we'll, we'll jump into the, uh, the Toma ballot images. Uh, Duran Duran Jen wants to know if uh, Dave Smith, speaking of free speech, has GOP guy Dave Smith responded to the invite to come on the show with Shelly Kais? And of course the answer is no. Sad to say. His wife is running around who really runs the party, I think, who um, she, she told a uh, mutual friend that uh, Chris is a jerk because he said he wanted to meet with Dave first before he had him on the show. Yeah, sometimes I like to kind of get to know people a little bit before we have them on the show. I've only done it, I don't know, a zillion times. So, anyway, I'm sure that'll all work out in the end, as Joe Higgins once said. Ink-a-dink-a-doo. All right, welcome back to Wake Up Tucson, 1030 The Voice, local news and talk, where a playlist today reflects a smattering of my dad's diverse record collection. Today would have been his 85th birthday today. We lost him 10 years ago. And so we're remembering Bobby D today on his birthday. So. Happy birthday, Bobby D. The um, it's probably where my music stuff comes from. He was very for a guy. He had a lot of country. He did country. He did rock. He did. He loved Chet Atkins and Les Paul. So I, I couldn't play. We got to do that. With, there's that fun album called Guitar Monsters. That's uh, Chester and Lester. Pretty fun stuff. So we'll get into that another day. But uh, I also remember Robert Plant talking about uh, Bill Haley in the comments, right, when he was a kid and talking about the repressed post-war England, right? And he said he grew up in the Wolverhampton area, and he talked about how he was in a movie theater, and there was a movie that, that showed all these rock people. And he said literally the, the pent-up energy of these people were so great. The kids 
listening. So as Bill, had, he literally goes, the place was literally, they were, gonna, they were literally ripping the chairs out of the floor because there was like all this pent up energy and they never heard anything like that. Right. And so just kind of a very cool little uh, Robert Plant story on Robert D's birthday. Um, so um, our boy Brakey and uh, has been on the show Audit USA about elections. And his big thing is he wants... Um, he wants ballot images. I like this. I don't know why this is such a hard Give thing. Give people for... a CD and you know, <laughs> go count whatever you want to count. Correct. I right? like it. You know, and when you hear people say, oh, it's a violation of their right to privacy of voting. No, it's not. That makes no sense. Ballot is not signed. It makes no, it, it's kind of like when Regina Romero or Adelita Grijalva tell you they're doing something for transparency or save ta- save the taxpayers money. You know, it's not real. It's that same kind of, I get that same kind of feel. What's that whole thing, uh, the the RTA election, remember? They finally got, after several, I think, trips through court, I, it's a little fuzzy on the details, it was a while ago, but after the, after the court finally says, yep, you can see them, and they said, oh, sorry, we threw them away. Wasn't that the way it went yeah, yeah. down? So basically the ballots were like in a some sort of vault, with, but like Terry Goddard, somebody ended up in Terry Goddard's hands, I think, right, who was the AG. Oh, good. Thank you. The authorities. Again, back to our uh, Fletch Lives. No, no, the first Fletch. Oh, thank God, the police, right? And uh, so I guess they had stacks of these things, and all of a sudden, like, oh, yeah, that, you, they finally went to right to look at the ballots. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> he threw them in the furnace. <laughs> There's a movie that these guys did called Fatally Flawed. It shows Chuck Huckleberry up uh, getting cross-examined in court. So anyway, um, this is a Ken Bennett bill, and um, in support of the bill, sponsored by Ben Toma, 2560 requires a county recorder to provide and the secretary of state to post specified election information, including the list of persons who voted in the, in the election and all ballot images used to tabulate the election results in the cast vote record. How's that for crazy? How's that for a first way of auditing an election is this is the amount of people who voted and here's the names of everyone who voted, Right. And then here's the ballot images, so and a cast vote record, right? So if it's two hundred and twenty-three thousand people and one hundred forty-six, it better it better be like that across the board. Crossfitting, as they say in accounting. <laughs> Thank yeah, you. Sure. So anyway, so this is good news. We'll see how. I assume it'll get through on um, uh, as we go, but we'll see if the Democrats want to fight it. We'll see. So uh, I'll have to check. I got to go through this to see what, how it uh, went through on the committee vote, but. Uh, let's go to, uh, Windows XP. XP, what's shaking? Morning. Uh, morning. hey, uh, we share, not only do you and I share the same birthday, but apparently your departed father and my departed mother share the same birthday. Well, happy birthday, so, mom. Thick, yeah. So the connections go and, you know, the memories grow fonder. And we have so. great first names. So that's even better. Yeah. And they named us, so. <laughs> <laughs> we have that in common too, Chris. What's uh, what's but what's that's going? What's I called? Okay, because it's just normally for me, it's a sad day because my dad's October, and my mom's you know they're spread out. So, what's your what was your mom's first name? Mar Margaret Marjorie. She went by Marjorie. And what was your? She mom? was a uh, she was a she was actually a nurse. My 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 father was a surgeon. And my mother was a nurse, and she never practiced nursing. One. One day in her life, they met at the Cleveland Clinic. Yep. And they got married, and then my dad had to, my dad decided to to 
open a practice in, of all places, West Virginia, and he was from Philly. My Actually, my cousins are uh, is John Lehman and, you know, the the guy from the 9-11 Commission. That's all my father's relatives, so One I have of, a Philly connection. Hey, a TUSD graduate just texted me, what city is the Cleveland Clinic in? I couldn't. <laughs> you got me, Chris. You got me, buddy. Uh, what would be but anyway well, uh, to, to honor Margie? What would be a what, what's a what's what's a, a music? Uh, is there any kind of music uh, artist that your mom like really liked oh, that you? She, lo- she would. I can hear it right now, like it was yesterday, Chris. She used to sing "Sunshine on My Shoulder" by John Denver. She loved John Denver. My dad. My dad she was. Loved. My dad was a John Denver fan, also. So. Yeah, but. Uh, but she loved that song. She, is it Judy Collins sending the clowns? She liked Correct. that. that, that, but that, that my that, mom and dad, they bust out on Waylon, the Beatles. They were eclectic. So all right. I, I think Matt, I think Matt Neely's going to play Sunshine on My Shoulders as a, uh, well, as a bump out here. God bless you, dude. It's going to bring a tear to my eye. Well, all right. Well, in, Mar- in, in honor of Margie, uh, we'll, uh, we're going to play a little John Denver for you. So. And everybody out there, if your parents are still alive, honor your mother and your father. Yeah, honor your mother and father, and also don't take it for granted. Yeah, right. And name name your children, Chris. That's it's always a good first step. Bless you, buddy. Uh, or Christina if they're a girl. So that's all I'm telling. All right, you. So, adios. Later, buddy. Have a good day. Uh, so uh, let's get the, let's sneak Bill Beard in real quick, and uh, before we get to the bio, because we got the intern calling in. Excuse me, sports director calling in. Bill, what's up, bud? About a minute and a half. Hey. Uh, yeah, I was at that uh, hearing yesterday on 2560. One thing you forgot, the other part of the bill that's really important is before the election, recorders must post a list of who can vote, who are the people that are registered to vote in that county so that it can be compared to that list that you mentioned after Election Day that says these po- people actually voted. So you can cross-check the list of who could vote against who did vote and make sure there's not any, you know, extra things wandering around out there. Well, that's huge. I'm, I'm so glad you called that out. So maybe, you know, how did the, how did it, what, what did the vote in the committee go? Did it go, please don't tell me it was party line. What? Yeah, it was party line. Um, there, there are some Democrats that uh, they were legitimate in saying that they wanted to see some improvements in the bill. And I do know in myself talking to Senator Bennett uh, and other members, uh, they are working on improvements, trying to, um, avoid any confusion about somebody that is you know maybe they need the large print ballot or the braille ballot that those ballots aren't reproduced uh that somebody could definitely identify you as the person that made these specific votes so there there are some improvements that are coming uh but unfortunately it was party line in the committee yesterday all right bill thanks for that update i appreciate it my friend sure all right, uh, Ryan Larson, sports director, coming up. U of A basketball and Super Bowl. Wake up, Tucson, 1030 The Voice, local news and talk. All right, in honor of XP's mom, Margie, who was also born on this day, 635 in the morning. Let's go to the sports intern, Ryan Larson. Sorry, sports director in charge of sports and mm-hmm. entertainment and athlete representation. Um, Ryan Larson, welcome to the show, sir. Hey, thanks, Chris. I was just—I wanted to check before we get started to make sure you got uh, my reimbursement uh, request for my Super Bowl ticket. Uh, make sure you're going to cover that. I did. Uh, we work with a company that's in uh, in India, and they uh-huh. uh, they process it. So I don't know if it came back yet, but that should have went directly to your house. So. 
That's weird. I haven't seen that yet. I've been, I've been waiting. So I have a one eight hundred line for you to call to track that. So that'll be just fine. <laughs> uh, there's a Super Bowl uh, coming up on Sunday, and uh, so before we get into the particulars. How does this feel to you? This Super Bowl is it? Is it? Is 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 America? It feels like America's not so pumped for the Super Bowl. Am I am I misreading that? Uh, I mean, it would probably depend on who you talk to. I think maybe part of the deal is that you can look at the Chiefs and they are kind of becoming the new Patriots, where it feels like they're here every year. And then the Eagles, by contrast, like they they were without a doubt the best team in the NFC. But the thing that they're missing probably for a lot of America is that star quarterback that America can turn to. Don't get me wrong. Jalen Hurts is a great quarterback, but he's not as well known as some of the other big names that we have in the NFL right now. And so I think that could be part of the perception. Actually, they, they don't have anybody anyone knows on the Eagles. I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but I don't think they have any stars that the average football fan really goes, oh, yeah, that guy. Yeah, it starts with the quarterback. I mean, there, there's guys like A.J. Brown, who's a great wide receiver they have. They have Devontae Smith, who won the Heisman a couple of years ago, a receiver in Alabama. But, yeah, you could be right. In terms of NFL star power, the Eagles are just deep and talented, but they are not necessarily bringing the biggest names, the most noble ones. When you think about the team last year, everyone knew Stafford, Joe Burrow was uh, obviously established himself as a star after being a star in college. The names were probably a little bit better in last year's Super Bowl, but I mean, this Super Bowl, it might just be some Chiefs fatigue, even though I don't know how you get tired of watching Patrick Mahomes. And then, yeah, the Eagles just being the new team on the block, it's, it's maybe a combo of where people are a little less excited just because the more, the more casual fans who are going to be watching the Super Bowl are going to be less familiar with some particulars with these teams. And again, there's no personality on the coaching side. I mean, Andy Reid, for all of success, has the um, personality of a very cold toilet seat. And uh, I couldn't even tell you what I the name is. I agree with that one. <laughs> he's always been a miserable. I love Andy Reid. He's been always a miserable grump. Um, he's a miserable man. Uh, but And then I don't even know the name of the coach of the Eagles. Nick Sirianni is the, is the coach for the Eagles. But Guy Fieri. You, did you, just, right did you just say Guy Fieri is the coach of the Eagles? No, that's his cousin. Oh, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not saying Andy Reid's not a successful guy. Of course he is. He's just a miserable dude. He's coached both teams. Andy Reid's miserable dude for. You ever hear him talk? He's just miserable. He has a miserable family life. He's a miserable guy. And the best thing that ever happened to him was the State Farm commercial where he draws on people's faces. That one is pretty funny. I'll give him that. I was proud of Andy Reid for that one. But yeah, like. The coaching staff, you're, you're right. Like, the most intriguing story is Matt brought up is probably that Andy Reid's coached both these teams. I mean, Andy Reid got the, the Eagles to the Super Bowl back in 04. They lost to the Patriots. And then now he comes back with the Chiefs, and he's built a dynasty there instead. And so it's an interesting type of revenge game for, for Reid himself. And then, you know, for the Eagles, the Eagles are basically trying to present a new way of building a team. But, or It's not necessarily a new way, but it's a contrasting way to what the Chiefs have done. Where the Chiefs are built around Mahomes, and everyone knows that. The Eagles, they have Jalen Hurts, who's making $1.6 million this year, which is less than their kicker. It's less than 1% of the salary <laughs> cap. And they've just been able to build out their roster in such a way where they don't need Hurts to be a star every single game. They just need him to be good because they're so deep everywhere else. And that's just the exact opposite of the Chiefs, who are so thin at so many positions. But when you have 
the best quarterback in football, it just makes up for it in so many ways that the Chiefs are able to get back there despite lacking so much depth. And remember, this kind of Patrick Mahomes love is coming from a Broncos fan. I mean, this is this is real. Just telling you, everybody. Um, it's hard for me. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think, you know, and then, of course, really the most fascinating thing is uh, – which which Kelsey brother is their mother gonna you know uh, root for right? <laughs> Bringing them cookies on media day. I mean this is this is where we're at. Yeah, for those who are not familiar, obviously Travis Kelsey is the Chiefs tight end. He's the best tight end in football. He's going to he's going to the Hall of Fame someday without a doubt. And so everyone knows him because he catches a million touchdown passes from Mahomes every every season. But his brother Jason Kelsey is on the Eagles offensive line, and he is also very good. And their mother has been. Basically, for the last couple of years where the Eagles and the Chiefs have been in the playoffs every single season, their mother's been traveling between games, just having to go to two games in either one day or across a weekend. And so, yeah, the question now for them is, which one is actually going to, to get that Super Bowl ring and get bragging rights against the other? It's the first time ever that we've had two brothers playing against each other in the Super Bowl. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to be... I'm sure we will see when you're watching the broadcast a million shots of Donna Kelsey, their mom, in the stands wearing a jersey that's split right down the middle. I'm sure that has both Eagles and Chiefs. Wow. And it's going to be a talking point. So get ready for it because it's coming. Um, the, uh, so what do we, so what do we, what do we, what's, what's this for entertainment purposes only? What's the spread on this game? Last I saw, it was Eagles by a point and a half. Might have moved one or two or half a point in either direction, but generally that's what you'll see is about a point and a half for the Eagles, which I think really speaks to how much Vegas respects Patrick Mahomes. Because if you just, I was going through the rosters last night and just looking at who I feel better about, and basically every position that's not tight end or quarterback, the Eagles have a pretty clear advantage. There's a few, like the Chiefs are good on their offensive line too, but the Eagles have the best offensive line in football. The Eagles have led, the Chiefs were second in the NFL in sacks generated this season. They had 55 sacks from their defensive line. The Eagles were first with 70, which is a massive gap of 15 sacks, like another sack a game for the Eagles. And then the Chiefs secondary is probably their clearest weak spot. The Eagles secondary is pretty good. And then in terms of offensive weaponry, Yes, the Chiefs have Kelsey, and Kelsey's awesome. And the Eagles are not going to be able to guard him the entire game, but the Eagles get to throw out A.J. Smith, or A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith. They have Miles Sanders at running back. Dallas Goddard, who is the Eagles' tight end, he's not the best tight end in football, but he is probably a top five or six tight end. So you just go across the entire roster, and it's like the Eagles just have talent everywhere. There's just guys that you, you like. They, they have the best offensive line in football, maybe the best defensive line. They're just they're good all around all across the board. And then the Chiefs, you look at it and it's like, I really love Chandler jo- or Chris Jones on the defensive line. I really love what uh, Kelsey does, and then I love Mahomes. And that's the the clearest gap right there, is the gap between Mahomes and Hurts. And but everywhere else, it leans Eagles. And I think that's that's why the Eagles are favored in this game. But if the Eagles were playing a team with a lesser quarterback, maybe even just like a a Dak Prescott type of player. This line is probably closer to five or six, I would guess, maybe almost a touchdown. That's just the Chiefs just have shown again and again that with Mahomes, it doesn't matter how far down you are. You're not completely out of the game because he's just on another level. So what's the uh, Larson prediction for this game? Where where, where are you going here? 
Score and winner. Score and winner. Okay, so this is one I don't feel good about because, like I just talked about, I don't feel good betting against Mahomes, but I'm going to go Eagles just because I look at what the Eagles can do running the ball, and that's just some a place where the Chiefs have struggled, both in stopping the run and the Chiefs themselves can't run the ball either, which plays into the Eagles' defensive favor. The Eagles are better against the pass than they are against the run. And so if the Chiefs were able to run the ball effectively, like Isaiah Pacheco is okay at running back for the Chiefs, but I think the the Chiefs are going to struggle to run the ball in this game. And then that's going to be good for the Eagles. And then I also think that the Eagles are going to be able to dominate on the offensive line. I expect them to win that battle as good as Jones is, as good as George Karlaftis is for the, for the Chiefs. As good as they hope Frank Clark will be, I think the Eagles' offensive line wins that battle. I think they're able to run the ball and control the game, and that Jalen Hurts will 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 have some of the pressure taken off of him. So I think the Eagles win twenty seven twenty four, and I think it's going to be a good game. But if if things go sideways for the Eagles, they have not been tested once in this playoff. They destroyed the Giants, and then they got a free pass against the Forty Nine ers who didn't have a quarterback. If it's Chiefs can throw an early punch, get into a lead. It's going to be really interesting to see what the Eagles can do with their backs against the wall for the first time in the postseason. And for really Jalen Hurts, who this is, this is his first deep playoff run. They played one game in the playoffs last year, lost by a million to the, the Bucks. I, I, that, that's the way the, Eagles, the Chiefs win this, is that they get out to an early lead, and then the Eagles are a little bit shell-shocked from that because it's not something they're used to at all this season. Matt, what do you think? What's your, what's your prediction for the score? What do you got? Well, I, I want Philadelphia to win, but I think KC's going to win it. I can't tell you score. I, I couldn't even guess, but I, I, I think KC's going to win it. I'm going to take my shot here. Um, KC 35, Eagles 18. I think it's going to be you a... You really don't believe in the Eagles. Nope. So, beating up on those, those hapless giants didn't show me much. So... Um, I'm telling you, so we're going. We're going for KC for a definitive victory on uh, on um, on Sunday. So that's my take. So we'll see. I'll how be it, wearing my Nick Foles Philadelphia jersey, the only football jersey I've ever bought. Beautiful, beautiful. All right, Ryan, <laughs> hold on. Super Bowl MVP jersey. <laughs> hold on, we got to do some U of A hoops when we come back with the best sports director in America, Ryan Larson. Uh, remember, I told you we were working on Dr. Robert Malone, the inventor of the mRNA vaccine, who called Tony Fauci pretty much the biggest liar he's ever seen in his life. And he's the guy whose interview with Joe Rogan caused Neil Young to uh, have a conniption, having to use that word in a while, and threatened to pull his, well, he did pull his music off, I guess, for about two weeks. And then he says, oh, I need the money. Five hours. Right. Anyway, Robert Malone, uh, Dr. Robert Malone is... Uh, confirmed for Wake Up Tucson on Valentine's Day. Better than a trip to the dump, huh? It's my it's my it's my love note to Dr. Fauci. Me and Dr. Malone spending Valentine's Day together. Wake up Tucson, ten thirty the voice. All right. Welcome back to Wake Up Tucson. We're catching up with the sports director, Ryan Larson. Ryan, I did look at that uh, expense sheet that you sent me for the Super Bowl thing and it was right. sent um pretty much the day after you sent it to me and uh, according to my uh, my lawyers and accountants, I can't process it till it comes back from the uh, clearinghouse in India. So, sorry, buddy, you're gonna have to watch it on the TV. I, like you know, else. I guess that makes sense. As long as your lawyers looked at it, I'm <laughs> sure I'm sure I can trust you on that one. <laughs> you know, the one thing I wanted to ask you, maybe you or Matt know, is uh, Kevin Sumlin uh, coaching in the USFL again this year? Because that's 
That's one of the things I always worry about. I will find out. Please. Yeah, as far as I know, he is. I'm going to be real. I don't have notifications on my phone for a USFL coaching update. Uh, I thought you were the best. (laughs) Hey, Ryan, you may be getting reimbursed in Bitcoin. I just wanted to throw that out. (laughs) (sighs) That's good. About one Bitcoin should cover my uh, Super Bowl ticket. (laughs) The uh, let's see, Kevin Sumlin, he's back. Houston Gamblers. That's he's the perfect. He's the perfect guy to be on the Gamblers. Just a gamble having that guy on your team. I love it. I mean, he's still getting paid by U of A, right? So he's got money to burn. He can just gamble it away. Brought to you by your Board of Regents. <laughs> Thank you, Board of Regents. Hey, Scooby Wright's still I mean, playing for him. Uh, he's playing in the USFL. At Houston? Uh, no, Birmingham Stall- yeah, Stallions. Okay. I, right. I, I love the Stallions. They're my favorite. Of course. But he's... Your hat. Oh, me too, away. Thank you. <laughs> All right, let's get into the uh, the uh, the team that makes this uh, place a roll, which of course is the University of Arizona, and it sounds like they did not uh, have to hurt themselves too bad uh, with the Oregon teams this last weekend. No, it, it was a good weekend for for Arizona. I, we can just brush aside the Oregon State game really quick. Arizona wins that game, eighty four to fifty two. Good old fashioned home blowout. That's what you want to see against a drastically inferior team. No issues there whatsoever for Arizona. 16 dudes saw the floor. So uh, shout out to the walk-ons. you got to play against the Beavers. But the, the real game that was going to be important this weekend was against Oregon. And, you know, it becomes really a- easy to win a basketball game when Tubelis scores 40 points for you. That, that makes winning games much, much easier. He, he did it on 16 of 21 shooting, which is incredibly efficient, incredibly efficient scoring. And so that 40 points was the most by a Wildcats player since uh, Damon Stoudemire had 40 back in 1995. You want to go back to before I was born there. I remember and when then, Damon tried to sneak uh, marijuana on a uh, uh, wrapped in aluminum foil uh, and uh, couldn't believe it set off the metal detector at Tucson International Airport. But well, that's not important right now. I mean, <laughs> he probably just expected that Tucson International didn't even have metal detectors. So. <laughs> Uh, In fairness, right? <laughs> <laughs> Who would blame him? <laughs> now, remember, if he just took it in a Ziploc bag, then none of this would have happened. <laughs> would have been fine in 1995. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, so it was a big performance from Tubelis. Uh It's so fun watching Tubelis just dominate on offense because, you know, he's not, not usually the biggest guy on the floor. He's not the most athletic, and he's certainly not the fastest guy. But dudes just have a really hard time guarding him because he's so skilled with his post moves. He's so when he has the ball in the hand, he's in his hand. He's so smart in the post, and so he's still able to score even though he's going up against against a guy like Infali Dante, who is clearly way more athletic than he is. He's taller, he's bigger, but Tubelis is still just so shifty and smart in the paint that he's able to score. And the Wildcats as a whole, they did did a really good job moving the ball against Oregon, which was, I think was really important. They had 23 assists in this game. The ball movement was especially good from Creaser, who had seven assists. Taylor Larson had five. It was a good game overall for Arizona. Now, it wasn't a perfect game, to be sure. Like, they still show some holes on defense, but that's pretty much going to be, be par for the course going forward with Arizona. You just hope that their offense is good enough to cover up for some defensive lapses because they still got torched by Will Richardson on offense, the, the Ducks guard. And we continue to see that Arizona's guards are going to struggle to hold up against more athletic uh, a guards going forward, but it was a good win for Arizona. This is an important win for them, and 
going forward, they're basically they're tuning up now to to get ready to play play UCLA in a month. That's their biggest game the rest of the way forward. Yeah, so. I was just looking at the calendar. So this weekend yeah. we're home with uh, uh, the sorry we're on the road in the Cali- Northern California schools, right? Yeah, which I assume are okay, but not great. Then I got the Utes in Colorado. That's generous, <laughs> right? Then we got the Scum Devils on the twenty fifth, and then on the road with that last game on March 4th at number 7 UCLA to finish the season. That's the ball game right there. Yeah, so Cal and Stanford are terrible. Uh, Cal is the worst Power 5 team in basketball besides maybe Louisville. So these these two wins should be free despite being on the road. Then you get Utah and Colorado, who Utah beat Arizona earlier this season. Arizona should win both those games at home. Both Utah and Colorado have been woefully inconsistent. Then you get ASU is kind of taking a step back. So yeah, you're gearing up to, to play against UCLA in, in on March 4th. That that is the game to to define the season because U of A is a half game back of UCLA right now in in the conference standings. The thing is UCLA is probably also not losing a game the rest of the way until they play Arizona unless something goes wrong for the Bruins. So if U of A needs to, to go undefeated the rest of the way until they get to UCLA, because if they do, they'll have a chance with a win against the Bruins to get a share of the Pac-12 title. And so that that's absolutely crucial for the Wildcats. Yeah, these games should be easy, but you don't want to bring your C game and then get upset and then end up costing yourself a chance at the regular season Pac-12 title. Well, and we've seen so this team. We've seen this team play down to crappier opponents. So. Yeah, they played down to Oregon once. They played down to Utah once. You, you just don't want to see that happen going forward. And so that, that's the important thing for U of A as they go to Cal and Stanford. But I will say this about this game against Cal tonight. It's at 9 o'clock. Cal sucks. Uh, if you're going to watch an Arizona game tonight, watch the women's game against Stanford. Do that instead. Absolutely. That one's, that's going to be way higher level of play. What time is that game at? 7.30. at McHale. Oof, that's still late for me. Hmm. I'll, I'll DVR. I'll watch it tomorrow morning. I, I have all their games. Uh, I, I I have them all on my uh, DVR, my YouTube TV, so I can watch it tomorrow morning. I'll just watch it tomorrow morning. That's what I do. It's a big game for for the the Lady Wildcats because uh, they're they're fighting to get into a top four seed in in the in the NCAA tournament for them. They're currently projected around a five or six. If they can beat Stanford, that's a huge resume builder. Also, my U2 are tied for the Pac-12 uh, lead in, in women's basketball. would really appreciate it if the Wildcats could knock off Stanford. That would be huge. Good, so, good choice. Watch uh, that game tonight. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm going to have one minute here for NBA talk. So we have a new owner at the Suns, and then they, they, uh, they traded for Jimmy Durante, the old singer from the old days. What's, what's that guy's name? Uh, Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant, the that's right. Best scorer in the NBA. <laughs> yeah, so one minute of Sunstock. I'll, I'll, I'll give you a quick. Right as I was going to bed last night, the Phoenix Suns traded for Kevin Durant, who, if you are not very familiar with his game, as I said, he's the best peer scorer in the NBA. When he's healthy, he's one of the three best players in the NBA. The Suns, in return, gave up four unprotected first-round picks, Mikhail Bridges, Cam Johnson, and Jay Crowder. So the Suns trade away their future to get one of the best players in the NBA now. And for the Suns, the reason you do this, they have a new owner, Matt Ishbia, who is going to want to win and contend now. And if Kevin Durant is healthy, if Chris Paul is healthy, if Devin Booker is healthy, the Suns are now the best team in the, in the West. And if they can stay healthy, the Suns are going to be the favorite to go out and win a title this year. And that's the reason you make this trade. It's all dependent on health, but 
for the Suns now in the in the Western Conference of the NBA, where there has not been a team who's established themselves as the clear front runner. It's maybe the Nuggets right now, but there's not a lot of teams you can trust in the West. It's as wide open as ever. This trade puts the Suns over the top, assuming that health is there. And that's why you do it. And, yeah, it's a little scary that you just trade away all your draft picks and a couple of core young guys. It gives the Suns the best possible chance to win a title this year. And when you're the Suns who have been close a couple of times, that's all you can hope for. Uh, now that the um, – what's his face? LeBron is the number one point scorer in the NBA. Is he the greatest basketball player in the history of basketball? Uh, Jordan's still one for me. LeBron's too. But, you know, it's an awesome achievement for LeBron. But who, who, give me Jordan. Who had more flops, MJ or LeBron? <laughs> LeBron leads that one Thank by you very much. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Larson, great job as always. See you next week. Thanks, Chris. Good talking to you.